Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now as Pastor Joe teaches from the book of Proverbs, chapter 18. Why don't we all turn to Proverbs 18 as we make our way through the Word of God, this wonderful Word. You know, just as a way of reminder, Proverbs, they're considered in the Bible, uh, it's the book of uh, poetry. There's five books of poetry. There's the book of Job, the book of Psalms, the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes and the Song of Solomon. They're the five books of poetry. Uh, A proverb is a saying that conveys a a specific truth. It's in a pointed and a concise way. In other words, a proverb is just straight to the point. It's a short little um, sentence uh, that's straight to the point. It's a book of wisdom. And I believe if I was to ask every one of you, if you need more wisdom, I think every one of us would say, yeah, I need more wisdom. I don't think any of us are here saying, no, no, I've got plenty. I don't need any more wisdom. So this is a book of wisdom. The the main theme in this book is wisdom. As a matter of fact, wisdom or wise is used at least 125 times in this book. So if you lack wisdom, it's a great book to study. Um, As we've looked at before, King Solomon, the son of David, was the primary writer uh, of these Proverbs. He wrote most of them. So these are the wise sayings of Solomon. This book is packed with good practical help, gives us good insight for everyday stuff. Uh, There's so much in here we can glean off of. I'll tell you what, as I've been going through the Proverbs these past, I don't know, 18 or 20 weeks or so, I don't think there's a day that goes by there's a proverb in my mind that the Lord just brings to my thoughts just almost every day because of this study, and it's been helping quite a bit. So Hopefully, you're applying this wonderful word. It's a very exciting book. So why don't we dig in? Verse 1, Proverbs 18. And it starts, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Isolates. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He's not seeking the desire of the Lord. He's not seeking the desire of others. He's basically, it's saying someone that isolates themselves is being very selfish. And it's not good to isolate. And I think all of us will have that tendency to separate ourselves, to just kind of get away and not, we don't want to be like in the body of Christ sometimes, or we want to pull away, or maybe we've been hurt, or someone said something at church, or, or someone did something, or, you know, or whatever, and we can isolate, we can separate ourselves. But this is a reminder for us not to do that. We're not to separate. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews, it tells us, you know, we're not to, you know, as we see the day approaching, all the more we're to be in fellowship, all the more we're to be at the Bible studies, all the more we're to be at church, we're to be at the prayer meetings, we're to to hang out with one another. We need that. And I think there's a temptation to say, well, you know, I'm not getting enough of this and I don't have much of a social life or I don't have much of this life. And I think there's an attack from the enemy that can come to say, well, you really need to do this. You really need to do that and to pull people away from the church. And I I see that a lot, you know, different things and, and good things. 
But as we all know, the Bible makes it very clear. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be taken care of. I remember before I became a Christian, I would be invited to different Christian events, picnics, and you know, Christian outings and stuff, and I wasn't a Christian, so I never wanted to go. And looking back, I think of the reason why, because whenever I would go to this, some of those functions, some of my friends or relatives that had those functions, and I would go, I would be so uncomfortable because I was living in sin, and these guys were, most of them were walking in the light, so I didn't fit in. And when I would have conversations, they would say, well, what do you do, or what is this? And it wouldn't take long before they'd give me that look like, uh-oh, you know, that's, he's, he's not one of us, <laughs> And because I was so uncomfortable, I, I stayed away. I isolated myself from Christians. I, I stayed away from, now I look at it and I say, I stayed away from the light. I was in darkness. I was in sin. So I didn't want to be in the light. But I think that happens even in the body of Christ when someone falls and messes up. They're afraid to go back into fellowship. And they're afraid, you know, someone might look at them funny or someone might think, you know, or they think, you know, that lady has discernment, you know, and I don't want her to look at me and thinking. But, you know, that's... That's an attack. You are not to isolate ourselves. Go to the Lord, repent, give it to the Lord and confess it. For if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you isolate, you're only seeking your own desire. We're not to separate ourselves as Christians because of race or color or, you know, sometimes you even see some church groups, they, they all dress a certain way and, you know, and then, you know, every, you're not comfortable unless you, if you, you know, if you dress just like they dress, you're going to be comfortable. If you dress different than they dress, you know, and there's that separation and, and, you know, we're not to have that kind of a separation. We come as we are. I'm so thankful. I look around the room and even on Sundays, you know, and I look around and we get some people in shorts, some people in, you know, dressed up and everything in between. And that's a wonderful thing. That's a, that's a sign, I believe, of a healthy church. But, you know, we're not to separate because of those things. Another thing is I think of isolation and separation. I think there, and I know, as we're going to look at some verses, is there's an attack of the enemy to pull people out of the church, to pull people away from, you know, fellowship. And there's like an attack. And I, I've seen it over the years in ministry. I've seen people come in the church and they'll start, you know, like backbiting and talking and say, oh, look, they're talking bad about this. And oh, I don't like this about the church. I don't like this about that. I don't like this. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're thinking, well, I really like the church. And then all of a sudden it's stuck in your head. And you're like, well, maybe that is kind of weird that they're doing that. And then they're, they're, and there's people I've seen planted in the church that, that go around and try to plant doubts and garbage and, and, and junk. And it's like, and we have to beware of that. And that brings isolation. That brings separation. There's been times we had to sit down with people and say, what are you doing? You know, the reports come back and it's like, and I've sat down with, with people before and they're like, you're right, I'm wrong. I, you're, they're like, they know they're doing It's like, what are you thinking? You know, why are you, what are you doing? Jude 1.17, it says, but you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. So there's going to be mockers in the last days and the last times which we're living in right now, and they're ungodly, and they're, they're walking in their own lusts. They're separating themselves, and they have ungodly advice, and they're in the church. It says these are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. 
So they're sensual. They're, they're, you know, and they, they get in the church and they start you know, talking and mocking and stuff like that. And it's, it's a terrible thing. And it says, who cause divisions. So they're on a mission. But I notice they don't have the spirit. Do you ever meet some of these, you know, some, you know, they're not born again. They don't have the Holy Spirit living in them. And it's just like, it's like, you know, something's just wrong. Well, something's wrong because Jude says they're out there to cause problems. And there's a warning. So men who isolate themselves or himself, a man who isolates himself, seeks his own desire. He rages or breaks out against all wise judgment. So... It's not uh, taking advice from um, sound wisdom like you should be. Verse 2. A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. A fool does a lot of talking, basically. He wants to express his own heart, but he doesn't spend the time for understanding. He doesn't want to listen to you know, godly advice. He doesn't want to listen to truth. He's a fool. He's foolish. So he doesn't delight in understanding, but check it out again. He, but he delights in expressing his own heart. And you've, I'm sure we've all met people like that, you know, that just go on and 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 on, expressing their heart, expressing their heart. And then you try to talk to them, and they're not even listening to you. And they're just expressing their heart. And you're like, well, what do you think about this? And then they're like, it's like they never heard you. They're, they're on and on and on and on and on. And then you talk to them about something else. You know, you know well, what about this? And then, and then they're then they go on and on and on. They just keep talking about what they want to talk about. And you're not really having a, a true conversation with them. But especially, this is talking about a fool that doesn't want anything to do with God. They won't listen to you about things of the Lord, but they'll be quick to express their own heart. And I actually ran into, my wife and I ran into a lady who was going on and on and talking about things. And, and uh, she's not a Christian yet, and we're talking to her. And it's like she was, she was just voicing her opinion on this. And since she knew that I was a pastor and was a pastor's wife, she was just like, my opinion on this and my opinion on this about this and church, this and this and this. And, you know, some real good stuff, some other stuff, some twisted stuff. stuff. But she's on and on and on just, you know, talking about her own thing. And it was interesting. But I didn't feel that, you know, at that time we were connecting where she wanted to really hear to, to try to understand about other things. So, verse 3. When the wicked comes, contempt comes also. And with dishonor comes reproach. Contempt is disrespect, basically. And when the wicked comes, he brings, he has disrespect, and he brings that wherever he goes. And that's dangerous, isn't it? When, you know, those of you that have children and they hang out with the wrong kids and there's, they're so disrespectful and stuff, and it, it can be very dangerous to have when the wicked comes, when you have that contempt and disrespect going on. It's dangerous in the family, it's dangerous in your workplace and when you have all that just terrible disrespect. And with dishonor comes reproach. Dishonor is disgrace, reproach is shame. And I believe what it's saying, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So when those type of people are in your midst, it, it can get worse and worse if it's not dealt with. If the wickedness continues to go on, it just, uh, just escalates. Uh, a more modern proverb that goes with this states, some people cause happiness wherever they go, others whenever they go. So, that's just repeating a modern proverb. But it's true, the, the, the wicked cause problems. But it's the, you know, sometimes we as Christians, we need to be careful because 
sometimes we can look at those that are not believers as, as the enemy, and they're not the enemy. You know, they're, for the most part, they're, they're held captive. They're, you know, under, you know, the influence of the enemy. They don't even realize it, just like we were, That's like, like I was. I look back at my life, I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize I was persuaded by, you know, by evil, and I didn't even realize it. I was, was held captive. And it's healthy for us to realize that when we deal with people that are not walking with the Lord and, and to realize, wait a second, they're being persuaded by evil and they're being persuaded the wrong way. And it's good to just, you know, to pray and to, to realize that. And there's plenty of scripture to back that up. So, so we need to realize that. But they do, when wicked people are in the midst, it says there's disrespect, there's shame, there's all kinds of problems and it can escalate. Verse 4, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. Every true believer in Jesus Christ has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit living in them. I hope we all understand that. I hope, you know, even for the new believers that are here, once we become, you know, born of God's Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, the, the third person of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And that's the term of being born again. We're born, you know, as Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. That which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. And for the new believers to to realize you have God himself by the power of his Holy Spirit living inside of you. And that's a wonderful thing when you realize that. If you're born again, it's like, I have God, his spirit, living inside of me. I'm born of his spirit. You're born of his spirit. And it's exciting as a believer, you know, sometimes we walk with the Lord for a while, and and sometimes, I, I don't know, maybe, you know, sometimes we need to be reminded, we have God himself by his Holy Spirit. He lives in us. He indwells us. That's a wonderful thing. Remember in John chapter 7 when, when Jesus stood in the temple during the, the Feast of Tabernacles? Remember, you know, the water was being poured out by the priest, representing, you know, the water that was there in the wilderness in the 40 years and how water came out of the rock and the priests were pouring out the water and Jesus stood up during that time. In John chapter 7, he says, If anyone thirsts, let him come after me. And basically he was saying, I'm that living water. If anyone thirsts, have him come after me. And then he went on to say that out of his innermost being would gush forth torrents of living waters will just gush out of his life. If, if you're spiritually thirsty, Jesus says, you come to me and I'll gush forth out of your life. And if there's any mistake about it, he goes on, John goes on to explain that he was talking concerning the Holy Spirit. So you, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was, it says that in John chapter 7, Verse 39, John said he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. Out of our innermost beings will gush forth living waters? Yes. As believers, again, we have God's Spirit living in us. And God desires to to use us and to speak through us by his Holy Spirit. And it can be, as we're reading here, just like a a well, a a spring of, of water coming out of our very lives. 
Don't you love when the Lord does that? I, I, I hope and I pray, has every one of you, hopefully you've, you've experienced that, that you're sharing about Jesus, you're sharing the word, you're sharing about the things of God. And, and then as you're talking and you're talking about and you're quoting scripture and you're using, you're praying and you're asking the Lord to speak to this person and, and then you're speaking and you're like, wow, that's like profound. Hopefully, you know, it's, it's God that's using you, speaking in and through you. It's God who works in us, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. He speaks through us, and he, he gushes out of our lives. And I, and I pray that, you know, we're, we're all being used in that type of a way because God is seeking the lost, and he's seeking to speak. And I, and I pray that, you know, we're sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's why I love sharing my faith. I, something happens when I start, you know, just sharing with people. And, and I, I'm constantly, when I'm out, I, I'm constantly saying, okay, God, do you want to talk to this person? How about this person? You should try this. You know, just, as you, as you're, and I'm sure you already do this, but if not, I just want to, you know, maybe this will help you. As you're out, you're just like, Lord, is it this person? And you're talking to the Lord. I just pray that this, if it's this person, Lord, just speak and just, and then, you know, and then you just start talking and just see if you, you see if the door's open. You start knocking. You start, you know, talking a little bit about Jesus and a little about this. And, and you just see if there's an open door. And sometimes it'll just be a closed door and you're like, okay, then you just, okay, maybe it's this person, Lord. And that's another closed door. Okay, Lord, well, I know you want to talk to somebody today, Lord. And he opens up a door and you just start speaking. And you know it's the Lord speaking directly to that person's soul. And the Lord is knocking at the door of their heart. And there's something special that goes, goes on. And it's just like a spring of water. It's like a refreshment to that person. And then at times you'll, you'll even see them just bow their head and just give their life to the Lord. The words of man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. It's not good to show partiality to the wicked or to overthrow the righteous in judgment. It's not good to show partiality, meaning uh, that word, this particular word, partiality, means to, to lift up or to support or to exalt. So uh, for the wicked, you're not to exalt them. You're not to say, oh, you're doing great, and you're, you know, you're, you're falsely exalting them in something that, that's not good. So that's not good. God's not happy with that. Or to overthrow the righteous in judgment. So to give wrong judgment, to, that word overthrow means to thrust away. In other words, to judge wrongly. God doesn't like that. When dealing with his kids, he doesn't like when they're judged in the wrong way. A fool's, lip, a fool's lips enters into contempt, contention and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. You notice fool, fool, fool all through this? <laughs> oh, I hope we, we don't fall in this category. Interesting, the word blows refers to strikes or even stripes, meaning being beaten or hit. So, you know, when you're being a fool and you're, you're talking about things that you shouldn't be, you're starting arguments, you're starting fights, or you could be punished for the words that you use. So, just a warning. The words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles, and they go down into the innermost body. A talebearer, most of you know, it's a backbiter, someone who, who backbites or slanders, whispers behind the back. He also could be a complainer. So a complainer or a backbiter, their words 
when they're backbiting, they're like tasty trifles. They're like, you know, tasty little morsels of candy. Do you, you know people like this. They'll, they'll whisper and they say, did you hear this? Did you hear something? Did you hear about so-and-so? And I'll tell you, something happens when that happens. You're like, well, what? <laughs> and I know I've said this before, but then, you know, then they'll say, oh, never mind. And then you're like, no, 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 tell me. <laughs> what happened to so-and-so? Well, I'm not supposed to tell you. <laughs> it's like a tasty little candy. You're like, it's so sweet. You're like, no, 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 don't take it away. I, I want, let me take it. I just want to taste. What it, just give me a little bit. Tell me a little bit. You don't have to tell me the whole story. Just, just, just tell me just a little bit. And you're like, no. Come on, really? And then what about so-and-so? And we're all laughing because we've all been there. And it's almost like, it's almost like a, to me, it's like a bait. It's like you, you know, for every one of us, it's just like a little bait. When, when people do that, it's like, you, it's like you sinful, fleshful nature. The old man is just like flared up. Like, I want to know. Tell me. I want to hear that secret. I want to know that dirt. But when it goes down into the innermost body, it sickens you. The devil's known as the accuser of the brethren. He accuses us day and night before the very throne of God. Satan hates the children of God. He tries to accuse. He tries to tear down. Oh, Lord, help us that we don't listen to the gossipers, that we don't listen to those that slander. We don't listen to those that whisper, that we don't listen to those that that say those things. Lord, help us because it goes down into the innermost body. It it could sicken us. He accuses and he does it in such a way that it's it's tasty. Interesting though, I don't want to pass this up. That that tasty trifles, uh, it can mean morsel of candy, you know, meaning sweet at first and then it causes problems later. But it also could mean uh, a wound or a burn. It's an interesting word. It can mean like it could hurt right away. It can burn. So a very interesting word. Either way, it's not a good thing. Beware of backbiters. Verse 9. He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. He who is slothful. He, he that's lazy, a lazy person, brings destruction. He's a brother to those that... Uh, of great destruction or great destroyer. So laziness brings problems, brings destruction. So a warning. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. The power in his name, bringing protection, bringing security. It literally means to set us on high. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It sets us on high. It, It brings us above the attacks of the enemy. It puts us into a, a, a close, uh, a safe place. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. His name, those who bear his name, we're Christians, we're to be Christ-like. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have, we're, we're changed and, and he's living in us, but his name alone is powerful. Hallowed be thy name, Lord. Jesus taught his disciples to pray that daily. Hallowed be. Holy is your name. Even the name, his name is holy. The name of the Lord. There's power in the name. I think about 
in Acts 16, as we looked at on Sunday, remember that demon-possessed girl was following uh, Paul the Apostle around? She was a fortune teller. She had a spirit of divination, and she kept telling the truth. She kept you know, talking the truth, and, and finally it says that, that Paul got so irritated, the Apostle Paul got irritated, and he commanded the demon to come out of her. But what did he say? Just, he didn't just say, in the name of, of Paul the Apostle, come out of her. No, he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. In the name of Jesus Christ. Interesting. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. God's name. Emmanuel, Jesus, God in the flesh. Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But it's just to realize the power of the name. His name is powerful. the throne of mercy. Sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our singing praise. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettig and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714 788 8221. That's 714 788 8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. As we come the throne of mercy It's the sound of our singing praise It's the sound of our